You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. So, here you are, too foreign for home, too foreign for here, never enough for both. Ijuoma Umebinyo, Diaspora Blues. What makes you smile and adds a spring to your step? What does it mean to belong? And how do we build a home away from home? Diaspora Blues is a show that contemplates what is and what could be. Join Busto and Bigwa every Monday at 2.30 on 3CR Community Radio. Produced by Yan. You're listening to Diaspora Blues, a 3CR radio program that also airs on Radio Skid Row. I am Ayan Shirwa. Before we start, I want to send my deepest condolences to Viv Melo's family and her life partner, Robbie Thorpe. Viv, for those who don't know, was a healthcare worker, sorry. She was also a radio broadcaster. She hosted the show The Black Block and played a vital role in the Beyond the Bars series. She could be heard at protests loud and clear. Viv was also 5'3", but she had the presence of a giant. When she spoke, you listened. Viv was always down for a chat and a laugh, and I'm so lucky to have known her, even if it was for a short time. I'm now going to play a clip of Viv in her element. So the story behind this audio goes something like this. Viv is in the crowd of a rally. It's 2014. After having listened to various speakers describe Australia as a lucky country, Viv goes up to speak. And this was her response. I don't... I can hear it in your words. What? When you want to, you're talking like this is the new thing. This is not new. Don't call this a lucky country. Okay? Do not call this a lucky country. Do you know? Do you know? Because you don't. If you stand here now and you're coming in on this shallow level, you don't know. This is our land. You stop. You do more. You do more than it goes to your election next Okay? 
that was a recording of Viv Malo at a protest in 2014. That particular audio is available via the Spotify account, Provocals. I'm going to just spell it for you. It's P-R-O-V-O-C-A-L-Z. Giselle Hanna from Accent of Woman did a special episode on Viv Malo that includes speeches at other rallies that Viv went to. Visit 3cr.org.au slash Accent of Woman to hear more about Viv and just the amazing human being that she was. So this song is a dedication to Viv and all the other amazing black activists and thinkers who've made an impact on all of our lives actually.
Are you a taxi or rideshare driver? CPVV believes that the journey is just as important as the destination. For people with a disability, using taxi or rideshare can be challenging due to refused services, intrusive questions and drivers denying assistance animals. As a driver, you make a difference. Be the reason people with a disability have a great trip. Authorised by CPVV. A 3CR supporter. You're listening to Diaspora Blues, a 3CR radio program. I am Ayan Shirwa. So it is our first live episode of 2022. I'm so happy to be back and healthy. I hope you're okay as well. Our first guest this week is the lovely Inez Trampes, the host of Negro Speaks of Books, or the founder. She doesn't really host a show. On today's episode, Inez chats to us about Bell Hawks. We also look at Langston Hughes and the impact that he had on her and her publication, her mother, and Bell Hawks. Enjoy. Okay, my name is Inez. I am a local bookworm and the owner of a random Instagram account called Negro Speaker Books, <laughs> where I talk about black literature. Um, and I am also a sister, daughter, and science enthusiast. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's what you're studying right now at uni, right? You're a... Correct. I just finished an honours year um, in human pathology, and I'll be continuing... Um, hopefully sometime this year, into a PhD, um, learning about a particular family of inflammatory proteins that are involved in diabetic kidney disease. So super nerdy and niche, but very fitting for me. (laughs) I love it. I love it. It sounds very complicated, but I trust you and I know you've got our back. So that is all that matters. So let's look at Negro Speaks of Books. Actually, let's take a few steps back and start from, I don't want to say the first book that you read, but who was responsible for your um, interest in reading? How did this whole thing start? I've always been a bookworm since I was little. I have been blessed enough to grow up with a mum who uh, is very, she just believes in the importance of, the importance of the arts in general, but has a particular love for literature and so I grew up in a house full of books and with a mum who read to my sister and I all of the time um, which I think just can't be understated in how it shaped me as a person um, because she would have us when we were like I might have been 10 or something and she would be reading Jane Austen um, to my sister and I and I would be sitting there with a dictionary looking up the words that I didn't know um, but it really all starts with her um, and uh, some librarians that I had in primary school who saw that I was very curious and loved words and really fed that um, curiosity uh, quite literally by, you know, I would go into the library and the librarian would say, Inez, come over here, I have these books for you, I know you're going to like them. And she would just give me a big sack and I'd go and read them and come back and she'd have some more for me. Um, but my mum used to write poetry on um, contact sheets, like, you know, the stuff that you cover, that library books are covered in, the clear plastic sticky contact. She would write poems 
on contact and stick them on the walls. And so um, we quite literally grew up in a house full of poetry. And one of the songs that I had in my bedroom was Dream Variations by Langston Hughes. And he, I would say, is the first author that truly made, you know, mm. like a spiritual impact on me as a kid. Oh, I love that you call it a spiritual impact. Um, that's very, that's very powerful. So Negro Speaks of Books is actually inspired, speaking of Langston Hughes, is inspired by a Langston Hughes poem called The Negro Speaks of Rivers. What was it about this particular poem that resonated with you? I think the way that he captures the interconnectedness of all black people around the world, I think is what I find so powerful about um, that particular poem, you know, in, in that poem he's referencing all these different places in America and um, across the African continent and um, connecting, connecting it to this uh, collective consciousness where he says, my, my soul, uh, you know, has grown deep like the rivers and I don't know, I just always like that, particularly growing up in Hobart and there not being that many black people around. Um, thinking that there are black people everywhere, actually, and that um, we're all in this wonderful web across the earth that even if we're separated by space or isolated in our own hometown, uh, we're part of uh, something a lot bigger than that. And that is, yeah, a great comfort and a wonderful little introduction, I guess, to, to more thought around So you are a voracious reader and you also study and there's like other um, commitments that you have on your plate. So when, when do you find the time sits? Like what's your reading habits? Like how do you read so much but yet are also able to do all these other amazing things? Well, I should just preface by saying that I do a bunch of things, but in terms of my time commitment, you know, I'm not raising any kids. I'm not responsible for anybody else, you know. Um, and I think that that's important to mention because people are so um, ready to say, you know, if you, if you wanted to do something, you'd make the time. But not everybody actually has the time. Um, I have the time, and I just want to make that clear. But I still do, yeah, read a fair bit. Um, I like to read on public transport. When I was using public transport more before, you know, the world entered this new apocalyptic stage, I just read in all of the little breaks between things, and I feel like you can actually get a lot of reading done, and you don't really notice it. Um, like in, in a lunch break, drinking a cup of tea between work, um, you know, all these small moments that really add up, um, because thinking, you know, you have a pile of books that you want to read, and you think, how am I ever going to get through this? I don't have an hour to set aside. Not even thinking about that. Just thinking, when is the moment that I can pick a book up? And I try to utilize all of those moments. So this is a really sad note to, to discuss, but it has to be said. Um, Bell Hooks, who is or was this just really incredible thinker, writer, um, passed away. And I would love 
to hear your thoughts on bell hooks and what she meant to you? Oh, that, yeah, wow. What an incalculable loss. Um, bell hooks, I don't know when I first encountered bell hooks. I think I must have, you know, seen maybe a video of her speaking or an excerpt or something like that on, you know, Tumblr, back when Tumblr reigned supreme. Um, and she's like, who is this person who thinks this way? Um, and she, ever since that moment as a teenager, she just seems to have been everywhere, uh, which she was because her scholarship was so broad um, and her contributions to literature and sport just so uh, magnificent. Like, I, who, who else, who else published that many books for author, that many books that people could actually access as an academic? Mm. Um, I really appreciate her commitment to, you know, within reason as a scholar, making her work accessible um, and also constantly trying to cultivate an environment of critique. Um, it was interesting in the, in after the news um, broke of her passing and, you know, obviously everybody Everybody is thinking about her and thinking about what they meant, um, what she meant to them. But it was fascinating seeing um, all of people's, and I'm just talking about people on the internet, <laughs> people, people's um, Twitter, I think much on Twitter, uh, people's uh, critiques of her and then people having this conversation about, you know, is it, is it appropriate to critique uh, a person right, right, right as, they, as they've passed away? And this weird, yeah, meta thing going on. And personally, I think that's a little distasteful. Um, but mm. you know, I it did remind me that something that um, Bell really prioritised in so much of her work was this um, the importance of critique and critiquing um, one another. And I mean, like true critique, not not big mean, not nitpicking, not um, disagreement, but truly um, a very loving critique that was about extending the, the you know, limits of what we can each think up in our heads. Mm. And so when I remember Bell, um, I think about that and what it actually means to try to engage deeply on like every single thing that you ever think about and think, like, if this is as big as it is, probably not. And I feel like she did that. Um, but gosh yeah. yeah yep 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 I mean total agreement and especially what you said about how as soon as um we found out that Bell Hooks passed away people were kind of quick and and I didn't see a lot of it but I saw enough to leave like a really uncomfortable feeling in my chest but people were quick to talk about one comment she made and I think that was about Beyonce and and I want to um, preface this by saying no one is above critique. But someone like Bell Hooks, who meant so much to black folks, who meant so much to anybody that cared about justice and, and feminism and equality, your first response should not be something that 
takes her down, if that makes sense. Like there has yeah. to be a time and a place. And I just thought that being your first reaction, your first reaction being you to nitpick one comment she made was just, I, I thought that was very foul, but obviously I'm not going to like add to it. And everyone yeah. should be able to express how they want to express themselves. But yeah, that really put me off. And I was just kind of like, really? Of all the contributions that she made, that's that one thing that you felt was so important to put out there. That's the first thing. It's just so disappointing, but I guess it's how Twitter is. Like we constantly yeah. want to have get on our soapbox and I see myself doing that, you know, having responding to something really quick without sitting down and, and thinking about it. Yeah, that's the culture of it, but that's the irony, like, in the context of Bell Hooks passing, where it's like, you think that Bell Hooks doesn't want you to think deeply and critique her work? She wants that, but critique it. You just disagree. That's not a critique. Mm. <laughs> or, like, come on, um, go, go back and read what she actually wrote about how we engage with, you know, um, intellectual production and then have a think about it, and then speak like she's telling everyone to do. <laughs> mm. um, but, yeah, truly the, the outpouring good and bad was such a reminder of the importance of her work that she wrote a whole book about teaching critical thinking. And evidently, we all need to do a group book club. Um, <laughs> and that's, <laughs> that's all I'll say on that. Yes, yes. Okay, so let's get back to Negro Speaks of Books. What's next for the publication? Because you did sort of mention now about a book club. So I'm not, like, I don't want to get my hopes up, but what do you have <laughs> planned next? Oh, I don't know, to be honest. Um, I have thought, like, you know, I used to have the book club, did that for a while, and then I stopped because it kind of stressed me out a little bit. I was probably overthinking it, um, but, you know, because I, I was thinking, I want this to be exactly what people want, but um, that's already probably a bit too much of an unreachable standard to set for oneself, mm. given that everybody wants a different thing, and I actually can't do that. Um, so maybe with, with um, having taken a step back to be able to think in that way maybe I could start book club again certainly people have been asking me about it in over the past six months especially and I'm like is this a sign um but to to be concerned I'll keep thinking about it but I'm not sure to be honest last year um I finally made a website which was more just not really to post my own thoughts but more just to act as a resource because I'm constantly in the random archives of wherever libraries and um, different institutions on the internet and downloading all these PDFs of books and finding interesting things. Um, and I wanted somewhere to put all of that because I was sick um, of sending individual people uh, links to a Google Drive. That so that was... Uh, a kind of goal that I guess I achieved, but now I'm not sure what I'm what I should be doing with my time. Mm. So any any advice or requests, I'm I'm open to hear them. It's book club. Maybe I'll put the feelers out and see see what people think. And that was Inez from Negro Speaks of Books. 
Our good sis was kind enough to archive a list of PDFs and eBooks of black writers and thinkers. If you want to get a copy of all those free books, visit Negro Speaks of Books One Word dot com. Check out Negro Speaks of Books on Instagram. The handle is the same name. And that is all from Diaspora Blues for this week. Listen back to this episode and all of our previous episodes on our 3CR page at 3cr.org.au slash Diaspora Blues. You can also follow us on Instagram at 3cr.diasporablues. I'm Ian Shirwa and I'm going to leave you with an old, old, well, old by my standards, but not really old track by Tracy Chapman and it's called Fast Car. I will see you next week. You get a fast car I want a ticket to anywhere Maybe we make a deal Maybe together we can get somewhere Any place is better Starting from zero, got nothing to lose Maybe we'll make something Me, myself, I got nothing to prove You got a fast car I got a plan to get us out of here Been working at the convenience store Managed to save just a little bit of money Won't have to drive too far Just cross the border and into the city You and I can both get jobs And finally see what it means to be living See, my old man's got a problem yeah, but the bottle, that's the way it is He says his body's too old for working His body's too young to look like his My mama went off and left him She wanted more from life than he could give I said, somebody's got to take care of him So I quit school and that's what I did You got a fast car Is it fast enough so we can fly away? You gotta make a decision Leave tonight or live and die this way So I remember when we were driving Driving in your car Speed so fast it felt like I was drunk City lights day out before us And your arm felt nice wrapped around my shoulder And I, I had a feeling that I belonged Someone, be someone You got a fast car We go cruise and entertain ourselves Still ain't got a job Now work in the market as a checkout girl I know things will get better You'll find work and I'll get promoted And we'll move out of the shelter Buy a bigger house and live in the suburbs So I remember when we were driving Driving
driving in your car Speed so fast, I felt like I was drunk City lights stay out before us And your arm felt nice, wrapped around my shoulder And I, I, had a feeling that I belonged I, I, had a feeling I could be someone Be someone, be someone I got a fast car I got a job that pays all our bills Instead of drinking late at the bar See more your friends than you do your kids I'd always hope for better Thought maybe together you and me find it I got no plans You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.